three lines from the bottom on 90B, the second to last word on the line. It's Amr of Yehuda. Okay, so Amr of Yehuda. If one would examine carefully, the Divri of Meir, according to Rebbe Meir, Gagin and so there's a three-way machlekas tanayim about exactly what happens when you have these three different types of caramelises, right? And this we really already did on Petas, right? You have three different types of caramelises, a karfif, right, which is the storage area. You have the, the gagen and you have the chatseris, right? The courtyard, right? So, um, sorry, not even caramelises. These, these could even be regular rishasayachas, right? A, a chatser could be a courtyard, could be rishasayach, right? So in that scenario, they're each considered to be their own domain. What does this mean? This means that if you have an object, that when Shabbos began, was resting in the carafet, it could travel from any carafet to another carafet. An object when Shabbos began was resting in a courtyard. It can travel from any courtyard to any other adjacent courtyard, according to a mayor. According to the Chachamim, Gagin, the Chatzir is just Achas. They held that if you have a Gag and a Chatzir, they're actually considered to be um, the one, one domain total, right? We don't consider them to be separate domains, right? In other words, you can carry something which when Shabbos began was sitting in the courtyard, you can carry from the courtyard into the onto a rooftop and vice versa, as long as when Shabbos began, I was already in that domain. However, when it comes to a carpet, the storage area, right? So that's already its own its own status, its own category. It does not does not mix with the other one. But according to Shimon, right, the third Tana's ruling, they all are considered to have the status of one domain. Right? All these different types are all considered one domain and interchangeable to carry from one to the other if the item when Shabbos began, was already sitting in one of these domains. When Shabbos began, the item was inside the house, right? Then indeed it would not. How, how annoying is that light over my head? Is, is it? Like, I'm an angel. Okay. It, it, gives you, it gives you a great halo. Different religion, exactly. but it feels exactly. really great. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling good about so myself now. Okay, I was wondering how, why. Would this, how would this work if, if, if the Gog and the Chatzera were owned by different people? Wouldn't that automatically make them different domains? Yes, yeah, so, so we're actually what we're saying right now is interestingly enough, and it's funny because it doesn't really come up till here, is that that's not actually as simple. Like we've been taking it as axiomatic the whole time, but the truth is that as long as the item when Shabbos began was not resting in a, in a, uh, inside a house, right? So then it's already in a sheer domain type of space. Since it's already in a sheer space, so then it's not as much of an issue. Well, how is it shared if it belongs to different people? Have they made, it, have they made an error? No, so, so remember, Remember, the, the, on a Torah level, everything is really private, right? It's just, it just happens to be that because more than one person has access to it, it has an appearance of being a public domain. So when I say shared domain, what I mean to say is, is that it already is no longer in a status of private domain, right? It's already no longer in the status of straight private domain where it's only one individual has access to it. It's already in, this, it's already in a place in which more than one individual has access to it. So then it's not considered similar to a scenario in which you're taking from a public domain to a private domain, which would be when you take from a house to a courtyard. A house is owned by one individual. A courtyard has access to many individuals. Many individuals have access to a courtyard. So that's more of the appearance of private to public. Over here, it's already in the public domain, so to speak, right? So there's no appearance that you're taking to another public domain. I mean, it's machlekes, right? It's machlekes tanayim here, right? Okay. We, we don't paskin like this, so yeah. Um, so Reb Shimon is the most lenient and says that all considered to be one domain. Tanya kavasei dera, tanya kavasei dera yehuda. So we have a brisa that sounds like the opinion of a rav, and we have a brisa that sounds like um, Rav Yehuda, right? So who was Rav? Rav was the one who said earlier that when you have the idea of good asik mechitzta, right? That the sorry, good achas mechitzta, that the mechitzas are have these virtual walls that continue up in in uh, in height. That's only true 
when um when the walls right well, i'm sorry when the roof path there is a seam in between but if there's no seam that you can see like the seam of the of the houses that are underneath if you can't see the seam then we don't look at that as good we have a brisa that is like rab and we also have a brisa like Rabbi Yehuda, who is Rabbi Yehuda? Rabbi Yehuda is what we just explained right now. That, that he, when he came to explain it, we were like a and how he, exactly how he explained it. Tanya Kavasei Rav, let's read the Brisa like Rav. All of the rooftops of one city are considered to be one domain. You're forbidden to bring up or to bring down from the roof to the courtyard or vice versa. The vessels, however, that when Shabbos began, they were already resting in that courtyard. Excuse me, much of the in the chutzr. You're allowed to move around in the chutzr. The gagan, however, if they're already on the rooftops, much of the in the gagan, then you're allowed to move them on the rooftops. However, that's only true as long as you don't have any roof that is uh, an outlier in terms of being more than 10 fachim above the, the plane of the other roofs or more than 10 fachim below the plane of the other roofs. The Vermeer, that's the Vermeer's opinion class of domains is its own class of domains. Remember, this is only relevant to something that was already in that domain before shops, right? We're not talking about bringing from the house into that domain. The aim of Talton by El Abadalat, and therefore you can only move objects in it for almost total, like like Rob said, right? In a case in which the, 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 the rooftop does not create, the interior walls of the house do not create um, good achas mechista, do not create virtual walls going up to the ceiling, going up to the sky, because of the fact that they are, the seam is indistinguishable. I'm a Rebbe. Rebbe says, we were learning Tera by Rav Shimon in Tikoa. Right? Tikoa is a place that today is famous. It's one of the places where they, uh, a lot of the hilltop youth uh, congregate in Tikoa. When I was in Yeshiva in, um, in the mirror, there, for some reason there was a guy hanging out in Ardira and he was constantly getting arrested by the, um, by not Mishmar Agavul, but you know, so, whatever. He was constantly getting arrested and thrown in jail. I'm not sure why he hung out in Ardira. And he was one of the hilltop youth, you know, where he was like throwing rocks at, I don't know what he was doing. Weird, weird story. Anyways, but in those uh, days- I had no know, idea you were, you were uh, such a progressive. <laughs> Antifa, Antifa. We were part of Antifa. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure he was throwing rocks at Arabs. He, he, Does it really matter? I, I had no yeah, idea yeah. that my addressment has such sympathies. <laughs> I really was not, I, I completely didn't, but completely unsympathetic to him. Um, he just seemed like a little bit of a nebuch. He was not my friend, but he, he did hang out in the Dira and he did have funny stories, that's for sure. Um, he was from Montreal originally. I'm not sure. Oh, there was a guy in our yeah, Dira from Montreal. You can't, you can't trust the French. Okay. Nah, the, it's, no, the Canadians normally you could trust. You never know. He probably wasn't really from Montreal. Okay. I mean, they just, they, you can't, I mean, they're not going to fight with anyone, that's for sure. They'll, they'll turn around <laughs> and walk away. Um, let's see. Let's see. What, are the, what are the Canadians always say? There's a phrase that they always say. Whatever. Okay. Um, anyways, they were learning Tara by Shimon and it was in Tekoa, right? Tekoa is also famous because they had a very good olive oil production. And today also they do have good olive oil around there. Good, um, lot, lots of uh, um, olive uh, tree orchards. We used to go bring up Shemin oil and Alointis. Alointis is, uh, you know, some sort of a, a towel, right? Now, what do they do? They would bring this for, um, you know, they put the oil on and then they would, I guess, rub themselves with a towel. Now, we would bring it from one rooftop to another rooftop, and from rooftop to a courtyard, and from one courtyard to another courtyard, and a courtyard to a carpet, and we bring it from, right? So in other words, they would use all three domains and they would 
interchangeably use one to the other. Until we got to the Mayan, until we got to the spring that we would end up using for bathing, right? Now, wait, wait, this is wait, wait, on Shabbos? On Shabbos. What? <laughs> on Shabbos. Wait so, a minute. Okay, so one second. So one second. It's, it's important things to, to recognize over here. There are different types of zeras uh, about, about not using water on Shabbos, okay? So going to a bathhouse is forbidden under any circumstances. Taking a bath is forbidden under any circumstances, whether the water is cold or hot, right? Obviously, if the water is hot and turned on on Shabbos, that's an answer the rice of turning on hot water on Shabbos. So we're not talking about that. Even if water was cold or if water was heated up before Shabbos, and now you want to take a bath right after Shabbos began, you're not allowed to do that. We learned in Shabbos that you're not allowed to do that. Now, there's Xera, because we thought that if you if you do that, then you might come to actually turn the hot water on Shabbos, or a non-Jew might turn the hot water on on Shabbos for you. So therefore, there's no, no bathing, right? No straight-up bathing. Now, um, Going swimming is also forbidden on Shabbos. Now, going swimming is forbidden. It's unclear exactly why, but perhaps because it's a later zera swimming. So perhaps because um, because you might break off a branch, because you might be you might uh, be drowning, you might make a mat, you might make a you know like a, a raft of mats for yourself. Now, um, technically, going into a cold water spring on Shabbos is probably permitted. So that that's the case over here. Okay. Uh, um, Yehuda says that it happened. It was a time of sakana, a time of great danger, right? Exactly what the time was. You know, one of the times during is in, in Israel's um, early history, not early history, sorry, but the early uh, modern day history in, in terms of being after And there was a time when the Romans were persecuting them and, uh, you know, they're outlawing Bismillah, whatever it was that they were doing. We brought a Sefer Torah from a courtyard to a rooftop, from a rooftop to a courtyard, and from a courtyard to a carpet. So all three of these were interchangeable. Liquid by to read a Torah from, to ensure us that we could read this Torah, we did all these, uh, you know, circumvention through all of these different ways, and we moved it through these different uh, domains. You can't prove anything from there that the halacha is going to be, that this is always true. Over there, indeed, we could treat all three of those domains as if they're interchangeable. But guess what? It's a Shasta Sakana. And this was the only way that they felt that they could properly fulfill the mitzvah of reading the Torah. So Chazal could relax their halacha. I feel bad that I didn't um, see this Gemara last week, because last week I gave a class about um, extraordinary times, extraordinary responses. When do the sages change the law to adapt or to take care of exigent circumstances? And I had forgotten this Gemara, but... That we but right isn't okay. isn't is, isn't reading Torah the Rabbanon also? Oh, oh, sorry. You mean to say reading Torah on Shabbos? Yeah, it's a Rabbanon, right? So, so not really. No. So, so Moshe Rabbeinu said that we need to read the Torah every three days. That we we cannot have three days go without reading the Torah. Mm-hmm. It's unclear what that is. Is that is that halacha Sinai? Is that like a takana of Moshe Rabbeinu? A takana of Moshe Rabbeinu would not be. We wouldn't call that the Rabbanon. Right, we, we, it'll be in yeah. a different category. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, so, w- when did he make the stakana? He made the stakana after, um, um, by Rafidim, right? Rafidim is yeah. when Amalek attacked us, and, and it says that we were roughly Yudayim in Atayra. We went three days without learning Torah. Amesha Ben saw you take these people and you give them the Torah, and then three days after not learning Torah, and boom, it's just gone from them, right? My, my father always likes to say this over to, to, to Yeshiva Bachim who are dating, right? Sometimes they're dating, and they get very caught up in, in when you're Shidduch dating, it's a it's a very involved process, right? You're making a decision over the next like month as to whether or not you're going to spend the rest of your life with this individual. And it, it can take over your life, right? You're busy preparing for it. You're thinking about what's going on. You're calling your mother. You're calling the shachan. And 
And you, sometimes you, you forget to learn. And my father always tells people that don't forget to learn Torah because if even three days without learning Torah and you're going on a date and you're talking about how important it is that you learn Torah and you're going to feel like a, like a complete hypocrite because not learning Torah for three days can change you, right? That we me, we do this every single day, right? It's incredible. It's, it's a completely different life when you're spending time every single day learning Torah. Anyway, so Meish Rabbeinu made a Tekana that they have to lane every three days. Ezra is the one, Ezra Seifer is the one, you know, after the destruction of the first yeah. Mishra when he came back. So he's the one who said that it has to be a Monday, Thursday, and Shabbos. Shabbos yeah. Up until then, it was, not, it was not specific days, it seems like. According to some, it was not specific days. A Monday and Thursday, was that, that was the marketplace days, right? So people were coming into the, 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 the people from the villages were coming into the city, so they would have a minion. Um, and Shabbos, obviously, is the time when it makes the most sense to, to be reading from the Torah. Now, that being said, what you're asking is, well, are you asking one of two questions? You're asking that why for Dindra Banan, were they willing to take any sort of risk? Is that what you're asking? Or are you asking? No, no, no. Well, I was just, uh, yeah, keep going. Or were you asking that why were they willing to waive one Rabbanan for the midst of the Rabbanan of reading the text? Correct. That's, that was my the second right. question. Okay. So I, I think the answer is like this. I think the answer is that Heim Amru Vaheim Amru, right? They, they made the first Takana and their first Takana was that we don't want people carrying from one courtyard to a to a rooftop because it's too similar to carrying from a house to a courtyard, which is too similar to carrying from a from a, a, a public domain to private domain. Mm -hmm. And when they said is, they also recognized that this is for ideal circumstances. A lot of halacha, it's a critically important thing to recognize in terms of how halachas were put down, how gzeras were enacted, and how decrees were enacted, exactly under what circumstances and when they're meant to be undertaken, when they're not meant to be undertaken. And it's not arbitrary, it's not random at all. Right? There's, this, there's, a, there's a famous line where there's a rabbinic will, there's a rabbinic way, right? You know, so a Talmudic way, whatever they call it. But essentially, people, people basically presume that the sages have the right to do whatever they want, essentially. And when they feel like it, they do it but only when they want to, right? It's not true. There's very specific levels of what, what they're allowed to do, what they're not allowed to do. Now, one of the things is that types of takanas like this, type of, a type of enactment like this, where they said you can't carry from a courtyard to a carfaith, they also said it was baked into it. They're under certain circumstances when it might be permitted, right? Or perhaps the sages of that time said, it's so important for us to read the Torah once a week, at least, even in, in secrecy, that we're going to waive the re regular rabbinic law, right? But it's a good question. Like, which one was it? Was it a... Was it a, um, a new Besdin that came and said that this is permitted? It's a good question. But either way, conceptually, it's totally, it makes sense that they would have permitted it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So Shimon in our mission says that both roofs and Kaseris and Kafifis are all considered to be one domain, not literally one domain, but that you can carry something that was Shovais that already, when Shabbos began, was already resting in the courtyard. You can carry from one of them to the other. I'm a rab. So Rav is like this. Halacha ke Reb Shimon. Halacha follows Reb Shimon. That's only true, however, when the people living in these courtyards did not make an error. Now, what? why? What's going on here like this? Okay. So let's say all four of us live in one courtyard. Actually, no. Two of us live in one courtyard, two of us live in the other. Right? So I'm in a courtyard with Wayne and Earl's in a courtyard with Gershon. Right? And what happens is like this. Earl, I'm sorry, Wayne and myself, we make, a, we make an error. Right? So now we're allowed to carry from that house to our courtyard. So if we would be allowed to carry from our courtyard to Earl and Gershon's courtyard without having to make an Eruv, we might end up carrying from our house into our courtyard. And then the item from our house into the next courtyard over. And that's forbidden without an Eruv. So if there is no Eruv from our houses into the courtyard, then there's no concern that we'll end up taking an item from our house 
into the next courtyard over. But if there's an Eruv from our house into the courtyard, then there's a concern that we might take from the, from the, um, from one courtyard into the next courtyard, an item that actually started Shabbos inside a house. Okay? However, if, you, if they made an Eruv, each courtyard made their own Eruv, then we have a problem. Why? Then we're concerned that perhaps people from the, uh, from the houses will end up taking from their house into the courtyard because that's permitted. They made an Eruv and then they might take from one courtyard into the next. Shmuel argues. Shmuel says this halacha of Rav Shimon is true whether they made an eruv with the, into their courtyard or whether they did it. And Rav also said the same thing. It says like this: Who is the one who said? Let me see Rashi. Rashi legaris Oh, so Tosis actually says that Rashi doesn't. Rashi is not garis. This that's Rashi doesn't discuss this. Okay, let's leave out this. Uh, okay. Um, because they say that whether they made an Arab or didn't make an Arab, they're permitted to, to carry into the, they're permitted to carry from one courtyard to the next. Right? It, what's problem, problematic is like this. You have two different objects in the same courtyard. One of them is permitted, one of them is not permitted, right? So in other words, there should actually be a takpana, right? What they're saying is like this. So we have two different courtyards. I'm living in one courtyard with Wayne, Right? Our houses are abutting one courtyard, and Gershon live in another courtyard with Earl. Now, we made an Erev. We each make our own Erev in our own courtyard, right? We did not make an Erev together with the, the four of us, right? Now, if we're allowed to carry items that spent Shabbos from the beginning of Shabbos in the courtyard to the next courtyard over, we're not allowed to carry items that spent Shabbos in the house, and then later on went into the courtyard, that we're not allowed to carry into the next courtyard over. So what, there, there's a solid reason why we should have made a Takpana, or we should have made a, a decree that you're not permitted to carry items from one courtyard to the other, because if you could carry items from courtyard to courtyard, you might come to carry items from house to courtyard to courtyard. Right? It's a solid problem, right? So, so why indeed do they say it's permitted, whether there's an Arab or not? More answer. Shimla Tamir, Shimla's according to his reasoning for Lake Gaza. He says we don't make these types of exeris. These types of decrees are just too many steps away from to, to be concerned enough to make a decree. The Tanad will learn to the Mishnah. Amr Shimon, Lamad What is this? What is this similar to? The Shalish Chateris have Sukhas Zula Zu. You have two, three courtyards that are open one to the other. Sukhas to Shisra Rabbin, they are also open to the public domain. And the two outer courtyards make an area together with the inner courtyard. Himu Tarasimahin. The, um, the, um, so right, so you get the case, there's three different courtyards in a row. This guy makes the area with this guy, and this guy makes an area with this guy, but they don't all make an area with each other. Okay? So, the middle courtyard is permitted to carry into each of the outside courtyards. The Hain Matarasima and the two outside courtyards are permitted to carry into the middle one. However, this outside courtyard is forbidden to take all the way there and vice versa, okay? Because they did not make an error together. But like God's Rabbi Shimon says, we don't have to be concerned that we shouldn't make Xera like this. What should you, in theory, make Xera like this? How, if I'm allowed to carry to here, I might end up carrying from here to here because he is allowed to carry from here to here. So maybe I'll carry from here to here to here. The answer is we don't make that Xera. So to here, we do not make Xera, and maybe the people living in the house will end up taking an item from their house into the courtyard. Shimon says both courtyard, both rooftops and courtyards and carpet place and storage places. They're considered to be one domain for objects that are, began Shabbos sitting in that, in that uh, domain. However, vessels that when Shabbos began were sitting inside the house, they don't consider they're not considered to be one domain for any vessel it started, if it started Shabbos inside the house. If you say that they made an Eruv 
from their house to the courtyard. Where's asking like this? How do you ever have a scenario in which Wayne and I have a have the ability to carry an item from our houses into the courtyard if we didn't make an error? If we didn't make an error, we don't have the ability. So you can't find a case where the item started off before Shabbos in my house and then it ended up in the courtyard unless we're talking about a case where I made a court where I made an error, right? If we did not make an error, how could you find an item that really started off Shabbos in the house and ended up in the courtyard? Who? My Well, he asked the question, he also answers it. A very simple answer. You know what we're talking about? We're talking about items that you wore, you wore outside, right? Like a scarf or, a, or um, a sudra, right? Like a handkerchief that they wore around their heads, right? So maybe one of those two cases, I walked outside wearing it. Then after I walked outside wearing it, I took it off in that domain. And then the concern was that maybe I'll take it to the next the next domain over. Kashma, come in here, different proof. The members of a courtyard, the members of a balcony, they forgot the dynamic air between them. Now, there is a, a ladder from one from one place to the other. A rusty wouldn't have to make an air. Now, anything that is higher than 10 off the ground, the Marpesas, is considered to be a domain that we sort of attribute to the people on the balcony and they get to use that domain. If you have this, uh, you know, a hill in the in the courtyard that is less than 10 Tzvachim off the ground, then it's considered to be attributed to the residents of the courtyard because it's convenient for them to use it. The case is that the courtyard has many different people living attached to the courtyard and the Marpassas has many different people attached to the Marpassas to the top. In the case is that they each made an Eruv, each re the residents of the courtyard made their own Eruv amongst all of them. And the residents of the, of the balcony, they also made their own Eruv amongst all of them. Or it's a case where they belong, the house belongs to one individual and the and the Marpesas, the balcony, belongs to one individual. They didn't need to make an error. However, if it belonged to many individuals, both the the, the, um, the balcony and the courtyard belong to many different individuals, and they did not make their own error. In, in, in each of these spaces, they did not make their own error to permit the carry. The, the rooftop, the courtyard, the outsider, the portico, and the Marpesas, the, the balcony, they're all considered to be one domain. Why? It sounds like the reason why they're considered to be one domain and that if anything began Shabbos in either of those domains, it could go jumping around to all the other domains. That's only true because they did not make an Eruv. So therefore, you can't take anything from the house out into one of those domains anyways. So therefore, there's no Xero. However, if they had made an Eruv, then indeed, it would not have been permitted for them to take from one to the other. So I said, this seems to be a proof to, to, uh, to the opinion of um, the opinion in Rib Shimon that if you did not make an Erev, then you're permitted to carry from one domain to the other. But if you made an Erev, if any of the groups of people made an Erev, then since they would be allowed to carry an item from their house into the courtyard, they therefore would not be allowed to carry from one courtyard into the next courtyard. My answer is Hamani Rabbani. Maybe indeed this is the opinion of the Rabbanan. And maybe Rib Shimon would say, even if you make an Erev, it's permitted. They can, Ami, I'll bring you a proof. The Lekitani Karpet Umavi, it doesn't say a Karpet Anamavi, right? Why? Because a karfif and a mavoi are not going to be included according to the chalam. Now, if it was Rav Shimon's opinion, then even a karfif and a mavoi would be considered on the same level if you want to talk about an item that spent Shabbos or started Shabbos in one of these domains, it would be permitted to go anywhere to a karfif or a mavoi, everywhere it would be permitted to go. The fact that it doesn't talk about that case is because it's not Rav Shimon. Indeed, this is the chalam, and there's no proof to what the opinion of Rav Shimon was in a case where they did not make it here. not. Indeed, we hear. We see from that. Tashma, come in here, proof. You have five courtyards, right? Five in a row, right? So each one is open to the next courtyard, right? With, you know, open to the next one. At the same time, they also have an adjacent alleyway that they all have another door out to the alleyway. 
and they all forgot to not make an error. Now let they carry from the courtyard into the alleyway. From the alleyway into the courtyard. However, vessels that when Shabbos began were sitting in the courtyard are permitted to carry within the courtyard. However, in the alleyway, it is forbidden to carry the items that's, that were there when Shabbos began. Shimon permits to carry items from the alleyway into the courtyard. Any time that this domain belongs to many different people who forgot and did not put together an Eru, a rooftop, a courtyard, a portico, and a, um, a balcony, and a carpet, and a storage place, and a mobile, and a alleyway, they're all considered to be the same domain. This seems pretty clear. The only reason why they're considered to be the same domain is because there was no Eruv made by the residents of these different domains. And since there was no Eruv made, there's no concern that they're going to take an item from their houses into these domains. And since there's no concern they can take their, an item from their houses into those domains, that's why he permits you to carry items from either, any one of these domains into any one of the other domains. Implication is, but if indeed they would have made an Eruv and they'd be allowed to carry items from their houses into the courtyard or into the alleyway or into the rooftop, whichever it might be, then indeed there would be more of a concern that they might carry into a different type of domain because that would be too similar to carrying from private to public. My lay ervu, the Gemara says, no, also not a proof. When it says lay ervu, they didn't make an ervu. Lay ervu, chatseris for hadiyadadi. What it means to say is like this. The residents of all these five courtyards did not make an ervu, one ervu for all residents of those five courtyards. But, however, the residents of each courtyard and the houses adjacent to each courtyard, they made their own little ervu. And indeed, even so, Rabbi Shimon is still permitted to carry from the things that when Shabbos began were sitting in the courtyard, and he wasn't concerned that you'll end up carrying an item from the house into a courtyard, into a, into a rooftop. That he wasn't concerned, right? So there's no clear-cut proof. We're not saying that you have to read that we're talking about where nobody, where, where, um, that they didn't make an error with all the residents of the courtyards, but they made, a, they made an error in each courtyard separately. We don't have to read it like that, but you could read it like that. And therefore, there's no clear-cut proof to what the position of Rav Shimon is about this question. Well, Eruv Katani, what do you mean? It says there was no Eruv prepared. If there's no Eruv prepared, it sounds like there's no Eruv prepared at all. My lay Eruv, when it says there was not an Eruv prepared, what does it really mean? It means that they didn't make a shituf mavoy, right? They didn't make a partnership in the, in the alleyway. But indeed, the residents of each courtyard, they made their own separate Eruv. Or you could say a different answer. Rav Shimon is going according to the Chachamim. He's responding to what the Chachamim said. According to me, it doesn't make a difference if you made an error or not. It doesn't make a difference. I'm still okay. If the item started Shabbos in one of these types of domains, you could carry from one domain to the other across the board. I don't care. But according to you, according to you, at least agree to me that if there was no error, right? So Wayne and I did not make an error. So we're not allowed to carry from our houses into the courtyard. Then there's no reason that we shouldn't be allowed to take an item that started Shabbos in the courtyard and then bring it to, to Garrison and Earl's courtyard. Say, no, what are you talking about? End of the day, if you have a carpet and a mobile, right, they're going to be considered two rishuyas, two different types of domains. And it's only when, according to the chamim, it's only when it is a, a roof and a chotzer and a courtyard and a marpasas and a um, and a balcony that you consider them one domain. Amar Mar responds, uba mavoy aser, and in a mavoy in an alleyway, this is forbidden. It should be approved to the Uzair said name of Rab. He says that in alleyway that they did not make a shituf in, they did not make a, a partnership in. You can only carry it in the four amas space. So rather what you should read is, and to an alleyway, it is forbidden, right? 
So, but it, within the alleyway, indeed, it is permitted. Ainuresha, then indeed, this is basically the same thing that we just said earlier, right? That as long as you're sticking to within the, the courtyards, you're good to go, right? But if you wanted to go from the courtyard to the alleyway, you create problems. But if you want to stick within the courtyard, if you want to stick within um, the, the alleyway, then you are good to go. Ainuresha, that's essentially the same thing that we just said in the first part of the mission. Mission, you say, we, indeed, we need to say this twice, right? Essentially, you're right, we said the same thing. So why do we need to say it twice? Because each time, it teaches you a little bit of a different point. What might I have to say? When you have come argue on Rav Shimon, only argue on Rav Shimon when you made an Eruv, right? So if Wayne and I made an Eruv, then the Chachamim would say we're not allowed to carry an item that started off Shabbos in our courtyard to the next courtyard over. But the Chachamim agree to Rav Shimon. Maybe they agree to Rav Shimon when there was no Eruv made from, and therefore we have an inability to carry from our houses into the courtyard. Maybe indeed they agree to Reb Shimon that an item that started off Shabbos in the courtyard, indeed we could carry to the next courtyard over. And that's why we said, the, we pointed to the Mishnah twice. I say in the front of the Mishnah twice, then we see that the Chamam argue, even in a case where there was no Eruv, still they argue and say, you're not allowed to carry items that started off Shabbos in the courtyard to the next courtyard over, or in the courtyard to a rooftop, and so on and so forth. Because they are still concerned that it's too, too it is too similar to taking from one type of domain to another, in which case people might end up carrying from a public domain to a private domain.